Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. We have to learn the practice of real forgiveness. Why do I say the word practice? Well, you're going to see as we continue with the story of Joseph, he's going to be hurt again. In our lives, we're going to be hurt. We'll settle this issue. Barb has settled all of that. Will Barb be hurt between now and the end of her life? For sure. Will I? Sure. Will you? Yes. So this practice of forgiveness are principles that I have to put in my heart because it's going to happen to me again. Why? Because we live in a world of sin there's an uncomfortable truth that few of us want to acknowledge. We hurt people when people hurt us. We tend to be more fixated on the second part of that statement, but the first part is very real and it affects us inside too. Most of the time we hurt people unintentionally, but it's still wounding and leaves scars. We let the hurts build up in us. They become like a callus on our soul. Pastor Mark is using the story of Joseph to teach us how God is able to use the most awful situations and work His will through them and to put us in a place where we can forgive those who've wronged us. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Genesis chapter 39 with part two of his message, Real Forgiveness. I ran into a girl at church, didn't know her at all, and she came up and she said, I'm pregnant, and I'm single, and I'm trying to decide if I'm going to have an abortion. Out of the blue. And for three days, I just walked that lonely road with her. Again, I just grieved as if it were me. And I prayed with her, and she moved away. I forgot all about it. Five or six years later, I was in another town and at a women's conference, and here came this girl, and she said, do you remember me? And I said, barely. And she said, I want to show you something. She showed me a picture in her billfold of the most beautiful little family. She said, there's my son. And I knew which one she was talking about. And she had married a godly man, They had two children, and they were serving God together. She said, thank you. God had used what was so ugly in my life to spare one child, and I pray that he'll do that many times over. I never went to a counselor. Counselors are good. I married one, actually. (laughs) He's pretty good. I discovered I had a wonderful counselor. And I always joke that um, the wonderful counselor doesn't have an answering machine, doesn't have call waiting, but he does have text messaging. (laughs) 
I had many appointments with him. Pretty soon they became daily appointments. And I realized, they still are. And I realized I am not smart enough to do this without God's help every single day of my life. I have that wonderful counselor. He carries me. God gave me a life verse, Psalm 40, 1 through 3. And actually, I about died last week when I was going to sing, and I stood up to leave the service to go sing. And Pastor Mark said, your homework next week is Psalm 40, 1 through 3. I'm like, wow. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He brought me up out of the pit of destruction, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet on a rock, making my footsteps firm. And he put a new song in my mouth, hallelujah, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. We sang that this morning, put a new song in my mouth. See, there was a time when I was in such bondage to alcohol that I was leaving a bar and it was about zero degrees outside and I fell face first in a gravel alley. And I remember telling my friends, I'm going to stay here tonight. And they're like, get up. And God just brought me up out of that mud and that mire and he put my feet on a rock. Hallelujah. And I, I never sang, never in a million years would I sing in public until I got saved. And then God put that in my heart, and it's a new song. My whole life is a new song of praise to our God. If you fast forward with me now back to the Jordan River, now you see why I was so moved that God would have me there. There I was meeting my husband, who's a pastor, totally a miracle, in the Jordan River. I mean, how could that happen? God just showed me. That night we went out on the Sea of Galilee. Oh, probably the most wonderful place in the whole world. And the, God's presence was just tangible. And we worshiped him out there. And I just cried and cried. And God just showed me how healed I am. And how blessed my life is. I have, a, I have peace with God. I have peace. Period. I have peace every day of my life. I can get it. If I lose it, I can get it back. And I have a God that loves me and a family that loves me. We're serving God together. And he showed me I couldn't heal myself then. I can't heal myself now. But I know the healer. And I am going to spend the rest of my life pointing people to him. He whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And I am free. And you can be too. Thank you. Genesis 39. You'll see in Joseph's story this morning that things don't change. Joseph was sold as a 17-year-old boy by his brothers into slavery, taken from Israel as a slave in chains to a pagan country, Egypt. Verse 1 gives us a little history, how he's introduced to somebody who is a, a pretty high official, Potiphar. If I would have written verse 2, if I would have been Joseph, I think my, well, my take on verse 2 would have been something like this that would have been going through Joseph's mind as a 17-year-old. God, you have me here. It isn't fair. I don't know why I was rejected. I have one thing on my mind. I don't know how I'll do it. 
but someday I'll get even with my brothers. It could have been that his mind was filled with revenge. And because of that, a root of bitterness came. And then Joseph, well, he could have been this person that was bitter and angry and negative. His whole life wrapped up in getting revenge. And probably in that process, he would have been angry at God, obviously. But that's not what we read in verse 2. Look at verse 2. The Lord was with Joseph And he prospered. And he lived in the house of an Egyptian master. How did that happen? Well, it happened because Joseph learned how to be free from the hurts of his past. The reason I tried to share with you my mother dying at 45 and all of the hurts and all of that stuff there and Barb this week is because sometimes you guys out there look here And you think, well, Pastor Mark, you know, your life's perfect, and another pastor's and his wife's perfect, and you're, you know, this little three-bedroom, two-bath, four kids, two cars, everything's perfect in your life, and no, it isn't. It's no different than yours. And Joseph is absolutely no different. So we want to learn principles, because being hurt is unavoidable. It's going to happen. Many of you have it right now. If I'd ask you this morning, how many of you have been hurt in a church? It'd be incredible. And many of you are not over it yet. First principle we gave you was simply this. How to be free from a hurtful past, number one, stay in relationship to God. You see, if I was Joseph, man, I don't know what I would have done, but somehow God enabled Joseph to forgive and to forget and to believe that God could bless him right where he was. And indeed, God blessed him. He prospered. Point number two this morning, write it down. We have to learn the practice of real forgiveness. Why do I say the word practice? Well, you're going to see as we continue with the story of Joseph, he's going to be hurt again. In our lives, we're going to be hurt. We'll settle this issue. Barb has settled all of that. Will Barb be hurt between now and the end of her life? For sure. Will I? Sure. Will you? Yes. So this practice of forgiveness are principles that I have to put in my heart because it's going to happen to me again. Why? Because we live in a world of sin. Let me define for you this morning forgiveness. To forgive is to set someone free from a debt they owe because of one thing. It's a wrong that they did to you. To forgive is to set someone free from a debt they owe. You owe me. You hurt me. You did something wrong to me. You owe me big time. And because of that, I'm looking to have somebody release that hurt in my life. Now, without God, the way I think I get release is to get revenge, to hurt you back. To make it difficult for you, then I feel justified. Good, I paid you back. But that's not what forgiveness is. You may want to write this little statement in your Bible somewhere because it's very powerful. Forgiveness. The word forgiveness. Look in the middle of the word forgiveness. Give. Give. That means when I'm talking about forgiveness, on my part, when I forgive somebody else, It's undeserved, 
It's unmerited. And it's free. That means, that's why I said to you earlier, it's hard sometimes to forgive. It's not complicated, but it's hard. Before I go on with forgiveness, let me tell you three things that forgiveness is not. Number one, forgiveness is not approval of or minimizing the wrong. When I forgive somebody, it isn't because what they did wasn't wrong. It was wrong. I don't approve of it. It's not about that. Number two, forgiveness is not taking the blame for the wrong. Satan's a big part of that in our lives. For those of you that have been maybe abused as a child or raped, any of those kind of things, the enemy often says to you, well, it was your fault. No, that's not what forgiveness is. Forgiveness isn't saying I'm taking the blame for the wrong. And number three, forgiveness does not mean you allow someone to keep hurting you. You see, forgiving someone for lying doesn't mean that you immediately start believing everything they say. This is very common when I deal with people who have an affair, an adultery in their marriage. You see, they've lied to their spouse. Now, when that spouse forgives them, and they have to, it doesn't mean that immediately they believe everything that spouse is now going to say. See, because forgiveness is immediate, but trust, well, it just takes time to rebuild the trust. Second, if you happen to be in an abusive relationship this morning, a child, a spouse, whatever, yes, you do have to forgive that person. But don't stay in the abusive relationship. Do you understand? Forgiveness doesn't mean you allow someone to keep hurting you. That's not what it means at all. We have ways to deal with those people through the court systems. We pay money every month to some of the shelters locally so gals and people can who are in an abusive relationship at home can be in a safe place. God wants you safe. Forgiveness isn't about staying in it. It's releasing them and then getting yourself in a safe place. You see, real forgiveness always starts with God. It always starts with God. As you look at Joseph, as you've listened to Barb, you kind of think, well, can that really happen in my life? Can can I really get forgive and forget and get free? Yes. But to do it, the first step is to allow God to rule your life. You see, God is the only one who can heal you of your hurts. There is no one else. The basis of God's forgiveness is Christ's death on the cross. You see, sin hurts God. I'm a sinner. I was born a sinner. And because my sin hurts God, it not only hurts God, it separates me from a holy God. There's some of you this morning that are living your life and and you're trying to get it together and you like this teaching on forgiveness and you're going to practice it. But I want to say to you, if you don't first start with God, none of it will work. You have to have a personal relationship with God. There has to be a time in your life where you say to God, I'm sorry for my sins. Please come into my heart. 
Forgive them and help me begin to walk through life with you as a relationship. That must come first. We'll give you an opportunity to do that at the end of our service. That must come first. Listen to this verse, Ephesians 1, 7. In him, in Jesus, we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. You see, the true nature of God is to forgive sins. That's why he sent Jesus. So all forgiveness starts with God. For it to work in my life, I must have a relationship personally with God. Now, God wants us to forgive, not because we deserve it, because we don't. I can't earn it. But his nature is simply one of mercy and grace. Christian, if you are a born-again Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ this morning, understand this simple statement. You heard Barb speak about it. Realize that because of God's love, you are a forgiven person. You're a forgiven person this morning. If you're a Christian, you are a forgiven person, no matter what Satan says to you. Now, Acts 10.43 says this, all the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. The reason I have to emphasize that for Christians is because of this. Satan is a liar. And as a Christian, very often, when I do something, and I know I shouldn't have done it, and I promised God I wouldn't do it again, and I do, and I go to ask forgiveness, Satan comes to me and he says, you got to be kidding me. You think God's going to forgive you of that? And some of you in your life, and that's why Barb's testimony is powerful, as you look at her, some of you, Satan has been saying to you, you've sinned too great, or you've sinned too long. God won't forgive you. But that's ridiculous. No matter what I've done in the past, God's nature is to forgive. He wants and he can forgive us. Some of you this morning feel guilty. You feel condemned. As you look at your life, you've repented of your sins. You are sorry. You've taken a step to follow God, but you still feel condemned. I want to tell you this morning that condemnation does not come from God. Romans 8.1, just write it down. You can look it up later. There is no condemnation in those who are in Christ Jesus. So what do I do? Often in counseling, we use terms that are a little confusing. Let me explain the principle. Sometimes we hear this. Well, if I'm going to be any useful in life, I've got to learn to forgive myself. Well, that's not really correct theology because that puts me on this basis of I'm God. Here's what the theology is. Listen to this statement. I'll read it to you. Our responsibility is not to forgive ourselves, but to accept God's forgiveness and believe that when we confess and repent that God has totally forgiven us. I don't need to forgive myself. I just need to accept what God has already done for me. When I confess, God promises to forgive every single time. Point blank, done, finished, period. So this morning, if you're a Christian and you've asked God to forgive you, receive it, accept it, walk 
in peace. Psalm 103 says this, He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Now, talk about this because that forgetting is a difficult thing. And Satan likes to keep bringing them back. No videotape this week, but you'll get the videotapes out next week. You know what I'm talking about. One day, somebody came to Martin Luther, and they said to Martin Luther, whether he felt his sins were forgiven. Here is Martin Luther's reply. No, I don't feel that they're forgiven. I know they're forgiven because God said so in his word. Do you feel your sins are forgiven? Forget the feeling. You can't live a Christian life by feeling. You know your sins are forgiven. And that's where freedom comes. Well, if I'm a forgiven person because of God, what is my responsibility now to those people that hurt me? Do I have any responsibilities? How many, how many of you, since you've become a Christian, think you've sinned more than once? Let me say, okay. Would anybody want to get the calculator out and start adding? No. But see, when, when somebody sins against me, once, it's too great to forgive you. Well, last week, God forgave me 22 times. But you, no. See, that's my nature. So what is my responsibility when I'm hurt and somebody sins against me? Well, the Bible tells us. The word of God is the key. Colossians 3.13. Notice. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Here's the part that's the key. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. So here's how you can write it. And notice I started with we learn. Because it's a process. And sometimes I have to learn it again. We learn to forgive others because God has forgiven us. Often in an adultery situation when I'm counseling, where there's incredible rejection and hurt, one of the individuals in the session, whether it's the guy or the gal who made the adultery, the, the quote, innocent party will say to me, do I have to forgive them? Out of hurt. My response is, let's turn to this verse. Because see, it's not me as a counselor that's telling them. But this verse says, we have to learn to forgive others because what? God has forgiven me. And how did God forgive me? Well, it was undeserved. It was unmerited. Did your salvation, was it free to you? It was a free gift, wasn't it? But it wasn't free to God. Today, Pastor Mark taught us more about the role of forgiveness in the Christian's life. We learned that God takes forgiveness very seriously and that we should too. Although the world talks about forgiving ourselves, we learned that this isn't a biblical concept. We need to receive God's forgiveness and live our lives with that reality as part of our core. 
This Prison Break series from Pastor Mark Balmer is teaching us biblical ways to deal with the hurts we experience in this life. If you'd like to hear more teachings from this series, we invite you to access them online at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. All of Pastor Mark's messages are available online for free, or you can order a CD copy for only $5 to cover materials and shipping. You can also purchase a copy of Pastor Mark's book, Prison Break, in our online store. Find out more at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. The next message will finish the teaching, Real Forgiveness. Pastor Mark will tell us the role forgiveness plays in our relationships with other followers of Christ. He will emphasize the importance of keeping short accounts both with God and one another. We'll be warned of the consequences of refusing to forgive others. They can be really hard. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Prison Break. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.